Welcome to Talking Travel on 2 Art FM. Greg Richard joined by Sally Lucas. Sally, great to see you back in the studio once again. Yes, and great to see you again, Greg, for the first time this year, I think, is it? We've done the program together. It is, I think. Well, second show for the year and I've swooped in after you one show. you swooped in, yeah, <laughs> you're taking over. Wow. Have you let anyone else know this? No, not yet, no. <laughs> <laughs> They'll work it out. <laughs> Eventually. Where are we off to today, Sally? Firstly, the Kimberley, one of my favourite parts of Australia. And then after that, just explaining how a lot of the cities around the world now are really trying hard to go a lot greener. Okay, right. So we've... More environmentally friendly, I guess. More environmentally friendly in all in all sorts of different ways. It's quite interesting when you read what they're doing, actually, and we should be trying to emulate that here, I think, as well. It's Talking Travel on 2NURFM. And Sally, we are off to the Kimberley first up today, one of the beautiful parts of Australia. It is, and I have talked about it many times, but I haven't touched base there for a little while, so I thought it's always nice to go back to somewhere that you really love. And it's just so diverse. I can only explain that, that it's it's spectacularly beautiful, and you just can't get away from that. And it's still so remote. So there are different ways, obviously, you can do the Kimberley, where you get a lot of grey nomads travelling up there. You get some wonderful touring companies who will do a tour broom back to broom or broom to Darwin one way, even if you want to yep. do that. And then you've also got the option of doing fabulous cruise and of course when you do the cruise you are actually nudging in because most of these ships are smaller ships so you're nudging in to your coastline where there are no roads that come in so you're actually seeing part of the Kimberley that you're not going to see if you're traveling by road so that's why I think a cruise to me is just a spectacular way of seeing the Kimberley. But having said that, I still want to go and do a road trip up yep. there as well at some stage. You know what I mean? To see that inland part of the Kimberley as well, like the, the eastern and you've got the western Kimberley and so on. But like when you leave Broome on one of these cruises, and Broome itself is a fascinating town. I mean, it was originally found in the late 1880s as a pearling port. And of course, a lot of people came there to hopefully make their fortune. And you had a lot of divers that came there from Japan and Malay, etc. The sad thing was though of course a lot of them did die um so you know it didn't come cheap really because yeah. a lot the cemetery is um resting place of many divers who actually lost their life because they all had that big heavy gear on them in those days and it wasn't like you know the equipment you have today obviously back oh that's then. right they had the big it's pretty the much big bell thing yeah. and the, you know the really heavy weights. it looks like you're diving in concrete basically <laughs> well, it does it does but it's really interesting because it's got a mix now of old and new you've still got a, a reflection of chinatown and historical buildings there you've also got the famous Cable Beach, which is about 6Ks out of the township, which is always renowned as Sunset and your camel rides, etc., which is fantastic. And it's a 22-kilometre stretch of pure white sand along Cable Beach, so it is pretty spectacular. Um, And also, like, you've got this staircase to the moon, which they have every year, and there's certain days of the year where they, the way the moon is, shines across the water, it looks like you're walking all the way up to the moon, mm. and that's why they call it the staircase to the moon. So if you want to be there, check that out on, on your webpage and you'll find the dates when that is, you know, if you want to be there when that is available to be to be seen. But the cruise itself, they um, you can do a cruise just broom back to broom and not all the way to Darwin, which only goes so far up the actual Kimberley coast, or you can do one that goes all the way through to Darwin, and which, which is what I did yeah, some years ago now. Yep. But you've got to go there, I think, the best time of the year for me, for you to go, everyone's to go on the dry season and let me tell you it, it's it's grey nomad highway if you go to Broome in July August you, it's right. packed you can't move so if you go at the end of the wet late April into May yep. you're going to see all the waterfalls full 
All right. Well, that's what you really want to go out there and see. Well, that's right. You're not going to see that in July, August. So to me, that is the best time to go. Um, And and really, they are thumping. It's just magnificent to see all that happening. So you cruise up the coast, you go past Cape Lebesque, and then you go on to Montgomery Reef, the Horizontal Falls, where you have this incredible tide, which just is just metres, and it just goes up and down. It's just in Montgomery Reef. You look out on the day when the tide's up, there's no reef, yeah. and then suddenly the tide drops and exposes this incredible reef that you wouldn't even know was there. So it's, it's spectacular, and also your art, your um, Indigenous Aboriginal art. You, you do your rubber duckies, and you're going ashore. Your zodiacs, sorry, I say yep. not rubber duckies, but <laughs> <laughs> and you're going ashore each day. So you're doing, you know, little ex- exploratory trips. You know, you're not just on the boat. You are actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're moving about you're as well. Mo- yeah. Yes, you're going. Up, and then you go up the Mitchell, <laughs> pardon me, the Mitchell Falls, which are absolutely spectacular. Um, King George as well, the falls, that's another one, which is wonderful. Then you end up at Wyndham. And Wyndham is quite spectacular. You can go to this Five Rivers Lookout, and this, this hill at the, in Wyndham is right on the Cambridge Gulf. They have five rivers flowing into this one gulf. And you can see them from this lookout. It's yep. quite spectacular. It's the King, the Ord, the Forest, the Durack and the Pentecost Rivers all flow into this one gulf. So It's it is... sounding like a very scenic trip to the Kimberley. Oh, it is. And then, of course, you go to visit Kananurra. From there, you can also do a side trip to do your flight over the wonderful Bungle Bungles or Pernalulu, as it's called. Yep. Um, if you're doing a land trip, of course, you can also go to El Questro, which is that wonderful station where you can stay at absolutely upmarket accommodation. That's from there between um, there and Darwin. Or you can also camp and, and you can also sort of glamp and you can also have boats. So there's about four different you know, standards of accommodation yep. at Equestro, which you've got a wonderful gorge there, terrific barramundi fishing, all of that. So look, the Kimberley, if you haven't done it, whether you do it by land or sea is up to you. But when you do do it, if you do it by sea, you are going to see some spectacular scenery that you wouldn't otherwise see by land. All right. I can't understand why you couldn't do both. Well, if you want to, if you've got the time. If you, fair enough. Well, if you've got the time, so you can go one week and go up well, on Well, you can the, do the, the cruises and... 10 days to Darwin and then you could, you know... Do a tour on the way back or vice versa. So you could do a two-week tour or a 10-day tour to do the inland part and marry it up with your your 10-day cruise. cruise. So it'd be like a three-week holiday. Okay, well, it's three weeks. Yeah, it's doable for for some. absolutely. (laughs) It's doable, yeah. Well, Kiwi, it sounds like a fantastic place to go to. It definitely is. It's Talking Travel on 2NURFM. And Sally, we're looking at places in the world now that are trying to improve their carbon footprint, I guess. Exactly right, Greg. And there's quite a few cities around the world doing this and have been for some while. Paris, for example, has started doing this. The mayor there who was elected in 2014, it's a, or mayoress actually, but I guess we just say mayor, do we, these days? Anyway, Anne Hidalgo, she's um, been doing a lot of initiatives to make Paris more green because it, it helped the city's successful bid for the 2024 Olympics to say what she was going to be implementing to make yep. it uh, you know, more user-friendly and more green. So she's reshaped the streets of the city, introducing almost 150 kilometres of bike lanes. Right, yeah. Which okay. is incredible. And making some of the major thoroughfares in Paris are now car-free. So that's that's a that's big a, thing to do, isn't it? That's a massive thing to do. It is. So there'll be fewer cars there, and in the future, the diesel cars are going to be banned from 2024, and then by 2030, the ban's going to extend to all petrol-driven cars. Right. So that's a, a so massive undertaking, phasing it out isn't completely, it? Yeah. Yeah. But also, there. Look, Paris has got some wonderful parks and gardens. Anyway, it was never short on that. Yeah. But I think it was mainly the congestion, of course, of being such a large a large city. But the Champs Elysees apparently is getting a 
Euro 250 million post-Olympics makeover once the Olympics are over because it's going to take too long to have it happen yep. before the Olympics, which is going to have more pedestrian areas, what they call tree tunnels, where they're going to have, t- you know, with greenery in them, and a citywide tree planting program, which will see half of Paris covered with planted areas by 2030. So that wow. is just amazing. And we all know trees are the lungs of the yep. earth and the city. And what are we doing in Australia? Just cutting them down. Cutting them down. <laughs> anyway, we won't go there, will we? Um, Copenhagen is another one that's it's going green. Um, so they're, again, doing the same things with, um, you know, promoting, like, going along the waterways on kayaks. Again, having more bikeways, even though Europe is a very bike-friendly nation anyway. But they're all increasing this as well and making sure they're using clean energy with more bicycles than cars. You know, this... this Discouraging, I guess, cars yep. from coming into the city. Tokyo and Japan, of course, it uh, adopted green building initiatives way back in 2002. But when they had the bid for the 2020 Olympics, of course, they worked even harder to achieve that and reduce their fossil fuels, etc. And most of their skyscrapers, sorry, have become far more energy efficient under the strict emission caps that they've got there. But they've also got policies including rolling out more bicycle lanes, 15 kilometres of riverside promenades, and opening 130. 130 hectares of new parkland. So there's a lot of cities out there really trying to do their bit. And I think that's great to see. Singapore has always been known as as the garden city. So for such a tiny little island slash city, it's got an amazing amount of greenery there. But they've even got ultra green hotels there now, all sorts of, you know, different eco architecture. Uh, And they've also got some fabulous walking trails, again, bike parks, etc., bike trails. San Francisco is another one who's also doing the same. It's really um, got the largest transport system in the uh, US and it recycles 77% of its municipal waste. So that is fantastic. Yep. So you think of the waste we all produce and if you can turn that into something better to make the world cleaner and Maybe better. Maybe some of us don't want to think of the waste we, <laughs> oh, we produce. Well, you know, <laughs> no, I know. We're, we're not really good, are we, on what we've been doing with the soft plastics and everything, are we? Um, Berlin, again, is another. Uh, its reputation for innovation has been fantastic, um, particularly after it became um, the city's reunification in 1990. And so so it's now its emissions are down forty percent from that time, and again they're doing all the the, the green again. One hundred and eighty kilometres are now of navigable waterways. They've cleaned them up and made them clean for people again to use kayaks too. Yep. You know, so everyone's doing something. Zurich, it seems like Europe's more on the front foot with it. They are. Zurich is Oslo. There are other cities that are all doing that as well. I mean, Zurich is a gorgeous town anyway. Um, Oslo is is a, it's a big city too. I mean, I've been there too, but. Um, they're now electric vehicles there make up more than 70% of cars in Oslo now oh, wow. since 2020. So I think we've all got to realise we've got to go down that path yep. and we've got to start greening our cities more, not less, you know, yeah, to make yeah. them more user-friendly. The people don't want to just be in wind tunnels of concrete buildings either side. You know, you, you want to have lovely walks. You want to have lovely bike trails and parks and gardens and rooftop gardens and whatever, you know. It all just makes it for a more pleasurable experience. And you don't have to worry about going for a car park as well. Oh, that's even better, isn't it? You try parking in Paris. I think that would have been one of the ones that would have um, got the mayor on the roll with that one because, and of course, they touch park. They, they do. I think Rome does much the same. Like you don't know there's about lucky to be a half an inch between cars because <laughs> right. they're all trying to get into these almost un- small spots. Yeah. 
navigable car spaces, you know what I mean? So, yeah, I think this is all a good thing too, that you're making public transport better. Not that they don't have a good transport system in Europe anyway. They have an ex excellent rail system throughout Europe as well. So I think it's just encouraging people to realise that that's what we all should be doing. Yep. Talking travel on 2NURFM 103.7. As we wrap it up for Sally, we've got some hot deals for us. I certainly do, Greg. There's always plenty out there. And just before I state a couple of those, in the words of Ernest Shackleton, it is in our nature to explore, to reach out into the unknown. The only true failure would not to be explore, be not to explore, explore. at all. So I think that's quite true of, of travel, and there's some wonderful destinations out there we can all get to these days. Shackleton discovered the Antarctic, or the he, he was the Antarctic, Arctic. where the, there was a tragic journey in the end, and the vessel was you know crushed in the in the ice, and oh, yep. but he made it across to um, Georgia. Oh, uh, was it Falkland Islands or Georgia? One of those, yeah. anyway. But anyway, Viking Cruises at the moment, and their vessels are lovely. Um, I had a friend who went and did an inspection recently, and she said, oh, my God, she, it was better than I expected. And that's another travel friend. She said, it's like a hotel. It's not like a ship when you walk on board. It's like a boutique hotel. All the vessels with Viking are... Uh, virtually the same size. So when you walk on board or you, you're a person who loves their style of cruising, you're going to be familiar. Yep. There's no children. And oh, she that's, commented that's on, how, yeah, <laughs> on how beautifully kept the ship was. And she said, well, we don't have kids. So yeah. we don't have to refurbish as often either, which saves us money. There's no cocktail parties. There's no dress up. It's it's just the cocktail parties are a disappointment, but okay. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, it's no, it's it's relax and enjoy the journey. Yeah, you know, lovely accommodation, you know, good quality, good quality food, wine and beer with your meals, like it's all inclusive, no hand in pocket, free Wi-Fi, on and on and on. So you know, if you're wanting adults out there, our lovely listeners who don't want to go with kids, just consider that. But they've got some offers at the moment on all sorts of cruising. They do ocean voyages, they do river, all sorts. So. Um, offer ends 31st of March this year and I said there's various amounts of discounts from you know from a few hundred up to a few thousand depending on the length of the cruise so just keep that in mind and they are beautiful ships um, also don't forget there's that wonderful 14 day cruise on Norwegian Sky going to the Caribbean next year in February um, if you haven't thought of doing something romantic and doing the Caribbean and the good thing about it is of course the islands are so close together you're on a different island every day so it's not like an ocean voyage what you might have days on end where you're not seeing land so it's a really lovely itinerary to do you're pretty all much that. island hopping for the trip virtually island yeah. hopping for the whole 14 days so just consider that next year there's some great prices available on that 14 uh, that february departure viking also have now you can put your name down to um, make a reservation it's not until um 2025 in January, they're doing an actual circumnavigation of Australia. So for people who really love, you know, sailing and being on vessels, this would be a lovely vessel to do that circumnavigation on. It's 32 days. So, you know, it's, it's what, savings of up to $2,000 per couple on that at the moment until sold out. But yeah, that would be something wonderful to do. It's just, I think, fantastic. You book again by 31 March on that one, sorry, to get advantage of that um, $2,000 saving. Lindblad, they've got some... I'm going real cruisy today, aren't I? <laughs> they've got some fantastic Arctic adventures on their um, National Geographic Endurance Vessel, which are just some beautiful departures with 20% off 
departures still for this year. So if you're you know, hankering to go this year, they've got Norway's fjords and the Arctic Svalbard. There's a 17-day wonderful itinerary with 20% off their July departure. And also the um, northern fjords of Norway, they've got 20% off the July for that one. And the Northwest Passage, Greenland and Canada. Now, this is an incredible um, odyssey of 25 days for August, and there's 20% off that as well. So lots of discounts out there to be had. And we were talking Australia as well today with the Kimberley and Outback Spirit have got savings of up to $4,000 per couple on a range of some beautiful itineraries doing Arnhem Land Wilderness Adventure, Leichhardt's Savannah Expedition from Darwin through to Cairns, Longreach in the Outback of Queensland, the Red Centre and Field of Light, Simpson Desert, Pilbara and the West Coast, etc. Wonderful range of itineraries again. Uh, you've got to have bookings made by the 13th of April for departures up until the 30th of June. So there you go, Greg. There's plenty out there. Uh, lots of good deals for both next year and even that circumnavigation now coming up for January 2025. A lot of stuff going around. A lot of cruises too. I know, I know. And a lot of different cruises. That you've, you've, you've world your oyster now with cruises. You've got so many different styles of vessels to suit your needs. You know, whether you're really into the expedition, the small ship cruising, or whether you really want, you know, the large ship experience. Yep. So the choices are immense now in, in that cruise market. So there's something out there for everyone. So, Lucas, thank you very much. We'll catch you again next Friday. Thanks, Greg. We'll do. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.